from San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we dive into why there has been an increase in sexless marriages and the impact it has on you. And I want you to think about this quote from Mother Teresa. She said, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. And a lot of that plays into the cycle that happens in sexless marriages. And we're going to be digging into that quite a bit today. But before we do that, you know, one of the most favorite parts of the show for me is talking about the hug. And this week's hug is brought to you by audible.com. Here at One Extraordinary Marriage, we already know that you like to listen to great content through your phone or on your computer. We also know that you like to have your content available everywhere you go. With Audible, you can choose from over 180,000 titles. Oh my gosh. And one that we've been talking about on the show and that we've talked about in the past has been Scream-Free Marriage, Calming Down, Growing Up, and Getting Closer. You can get this or any other title with a free 30-day trial by going to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash audible. So go check that out, listen to something, and improve your marriage this week. So this hug came in from a gal who, she starts off, she says, I'm not married yet. But my significant other and I have been financially working towards it. And then she put Mm. in parentheses, graduate school woes. We hear that a lot. You're not alone. She goes on to say, you and your husband speak so positively about marriage. And it's refreshing to hear good things. So often, my friends and I talk about how we seem to hear very little positive feedback about marriage. Everyone says it's hard. Wait and have more fun. Or they act like it's a burden. Though I know it's hard, something has always pressed on my heart that it couldn't be that bad, that there has to be another way. Thank you for the changing the message that's coming to my generation. I love my significant other and I cannot wait to spend the rest of my life with him. And to be honest, sometimes people have almost scared me out of it. But God has used you and your family to show that it's not all gloom and doom. I want my future marriage to be thriving and not just surviving. Mm, I've told all my friends who are engaged or getting ready to be engaged to listen to you guys. Y'all are speaking the truth. Thanks again. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. So good. You know, I love, I I love that the message that we share here on one extraordinary marriage is speaking to a generation that has only heard that marriage is doom and gloom. The getting married is something that's a burden and it's, you know, all of these different things that are negative. And so through this show, through you all spreading the word to friends, to saying, hey, listen to the show, listen to this episode, check out these guys, that we're changing the message about marriage that popular society is putting out there. So thank you, listener, for sharing this with your, with your friends who are getting married and getting engaged. Um, it matters to us to know that there are folks like you out there and we just appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, because it doesn't have to be doom and gloom, folks. It just doesn't. You know, that was a mindset I had a long time ago in my marriage. And I'll tell you, when I got outside of that doom and gloom, guess what? Your marriage starts changing. Guess what? You start changing. Your outlook on your life, your outlook on your marriage starts to change. And it's up to us to be those who are going to step forward and we're going to step into the gap and we're going to be the ones that go, you know what? Marriage isn't doom and gloom. 
marriage is extraordinary and we're the ones that are going to go out there and we're going to share it with the world. And that includes you guys, not just Elisa and I, but you guys going out there and pressing into those folks at your churches and pressing into those folks in your community and your workplace. That's where we're going to make a difference and that's where we're going to make a change. So we're going to lift you guys up here too. And, you know, as Tony said at the onset of the show, you know, we're going to be talking about sexless marriages, which happens to be a topic that one is pretty heavy. Mm. And two, leans a little bit more towards that doom and gloom. And it's a topic that, you know, a lot of people shy away from, right? And as I just shared, Tony and I literally, just before we got on the podcast, we did our first Periscope. Um, and we were talking about this just briefly on there that we were going to be sharing it with all you guys on the podcast this week. And and just as an aside, I want to let you guys know that we are we are jumping on to Periscope. Yep. Um, we're going to be doing our, our first kind of topic-oriented Q&A on Periscope later this week. So make sure that you're following us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram because we're going to be putting or up Or just follow us at, on Periscope. Well, that too. One Extraordinary. We couldn't get One Extraordinary Marriage because it's too, too long. long. So One Extraordinary and you're going to catch us there. And we're super stoked about this because for five and a half, almost six years, you guys, we're going to come up, we're coming up on episode 300 in a couple of months. And so for those of you who've been with us all that time, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But we've been wanting to reach and connect with you guys in a different way. And other than traveling around the world and doing that, that can be difficult, you know, and, and just because of where our kids have been, um, part of that's us just wanting to be around here with them and, and their activities. Periscope's going to allow us to do that. We're going to be able to have some interaction going on because you guys can comment. You guys can start sharing. We can start doing some Q&A. We want to bring topics that are going to be relevant to you. You guys can be bringing topics to us. We can then go do some research, go back into our archives, you know, grab some things that we can do and then do another Periscope, you know, the following week. But we're stoked because we want to have that interaction with you guys. Mm -hmm. It's something we've been looking to do. And uh, this is a big shout out to Scott Williams, who I've been following for quite some time and, and watching his Periscopes and what he's doing. And I'm just loving it. And so again, jump on there, connect with us. We're going to, we're going to start putting it out there. And when we do, you can just jump on in, see us. We're going to be doing it from here, live from our home or somewhere in San Diego. So we're going to, we're going to be just bringing it. It's a whole other way to connect with you guys. And um, just a couple shout outs for those that hopped on that scope with us. Um, we had a listener from Costa Mesa, California and a listener yep. from Rolla, Missouri. Yep. Um, so to the two of them that shared where they were from, just have a huge shout out. I know one of them specifically mentioned that she loved the podcast. So we're sending a little love back your way. Yeah. But as I started talking about the Periscope, one of the things that we mentioned on there is that we're going to be talking about this topic of sexless marriages tonight. And in doing so, we are tackling a topic that a lot of people won't even touch mm. with a 10-foot pole. And the reason why we're touching this is because we've been in that season in our marriage. We've experienced that. And this also came from a list from listener feedback or not listener feedback, but a listener, um, Anthony had sent us a message earlier this week. Just share this article with us mm -hmm. on Facebook, on Facebook that had stated that about 15% of married couples have not had sex with their spouse in the last six to 12 months. And this was according to Denise Donnelly, who's a professor of sociology at Georgia state university. And you know, sexless marriages happens to be her area of expertise. And so, you know, this comes in, 
this article comes into us via Anthony. And so we start looking at this and we started digging into what's up with people being in sexless marriages. Right. Because we know what was going on in our marriage when we were in that season. And we know where we've, we've come from and we know where we are now. But, but let me just be really clear on what a sexless marriage is. The, the clinical definition is sex, you know, less than 10 to 12 times a year. Depending on who you look at, it's either 10 or 12. But, you know, for argument's sake, I'll give you the range. We can go to the average 11. We, we can go to the average 11. So basically, you're looking at roughly once a month, give or take, sometimes not even once a month. And you know, I, w- I want to say from the onset of the show that we're not talking about those um, sexless marriages where that is due to medical or physical conditions that actually prevent you from having sex. I mean, we know that that exists and that's not what we're talking about in the show. We're talking about where, you know, things are working, but you still are not having sex. Right. So if, for instance, your spouse was recently diagnosed with cancer and is going through chemo and radiation, you are going through a tough period in time when we know that. And, and most likely sex is, is being put on hold right now, you know? Right. So this isn't what we're talking about. That's a, that's a time. That's a season. You, your spouse is going through this. You guys are dealing with this together. They're going to get through this and then you're going to come back and, and, you know, get into that sex, your, your sexual intimacy again after and I also want to share, there were a number of articles that we used for research on this show, and we're going to be linking to all of those um, in the show notes. So if you want any more detail, please make sure you come to the One Extraordinary Marriage show notes. But as we're doing this research, there were, you know, like four major areas where these researchers were saying, you know, the increase in these things is leading to an increase in sexless marriages. And I'm thinking, okay, hold on, we need to dig into this. One was too much rejection. Okay. Episode three of the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, McDonald's Theory. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. That was 290 episodes ago, 289, something like that, where we called out rejection. I owned the rejection of my marriage. And I will tell you that my rejection of my husband most definitely over time played into the fact that we fell into the cycle of being sexless. Right? Because like we were interviewed uh, on a podcast this past week on air with Ella. On air with Ella. Yeah, it was a great show. Uh, great show. And you'll see us post it to social media this, this upcoming week. But we really dug into the rejection piece, which we have not done in probably any of the other interviews mm-hmm. we've ever done. It was a great interview with her. She's so much fun. But, you know, this idea of rejection, and it can go both ways. Right? Because, guys, I know there are a lot of you that are rejecting your wives. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. And, and over time, he or she is going to stop asking, right? Because who wants to hear the word no every single time they make a move? Well, you know, the first hundred times, you know, they, they keep trying. And then a hundred and first time, it's like, why try anymore? If I'm just going to hear no, why try? So rejection is one of the ways. Broken trust. Oh, you and, and I was just going to say, we're going to put the link to that show, that interview we did with Ella on the show notes as well. Yeah. And, and take a listen, guys. She does some great stuff over there on her show. Um, the second w- way or the second reason why so many marriages are falling into the sexist category is broken trust. Now, those of you that have checked out the Trust Me Again program, you know that you know we spent, gosh, how long was that that workshop? Like, 
the program is about, about two hours talking about trust and broken trust and how to repair the broken trust and things like that. But here's the thing. When you keep breaking your trust, your spouse's trust, guess what? They're not going to trust you with the most intimate way that they can be with you, right? They're not going to trust that you're going to keep them safe in the sexual relationship. If you're not keeping them safe emotionally, if you're not keeping them safe, you know, physically, if, if your marriage is not a safe place, they're going to voluntarily choose not to have sex with you. Plain and simple. Uh, just like, I'm not getting vulnerable with you if I don't feel safe. Right. That's the way that works. Another reason that there's this increase is lack of communication. Now, if you have listened to the One Extraordinary Marriage show for more than one episode, we have probably talked about communication. Next to sex, it's probably our most talked about topic in some way, shape, or form. And the reason why is that when there's a breakdown in communication, when you don't have that emotional intimacy, guess what? It's like what I was just talking about with broken trust. If it's not safe to communicate with you, if I have to worry that you're going to fly off the handle, or if I even just am at a point where you and I don't connect, why on earth am I going to have sex with you? Probably not going to happen. Right. So these were these were the three that kept coming up. And then there was this fourth one. And this one I'm going to dig into a little bit more because we have over the last 290 some shoes really dug into those first three. But this fourth reason really lit me up. And the fourth reason was medication. And I started getting really curious about this because there was an interesting number that kept coming up. And the one... And this is just, this number floors me. According to one of the articles, adults in the U.S. consumed four times more depressants in the late, in the late 2000s than they did in the early 1990s. As the third most frequently taken medication in the U.S., researchers estimate that 8 to 10% of the population is taking an antidepressant. Now, with that article, it went on to say, this does not mean there is more depression in the United States, Right. It's the fact that the antidepressants are being prescribed across the board for more and more ailments, uh, not what's the word, diagnoses. You know, it's, that are not just being treated for di depression. It's being treated for things from, you know, eating disorders to arthritis to fibromyalgia to, there were some other good ones on here, hold on a second, to hot flashes, to migraines, to irritable bowel syndrome. Right. All of these different things. And there's a laundry list of like, I don't know, 15 different things that antidepressants are being treated for. So you have all of these different things. Antidepressant usage has gone up 400% in this period of time. That's a lot. That's a lot. And let me, let me just tell you something. I just typed into my Google search engine because you guys know I love Google. Side effects of antidepressants. Right. I just put that in the little box at the top. And as it gives me the list of common side effects, in the top five is lack of libido. Ding, 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 ding. Then I thought, okay, hold on a second. Let me, let me look at something else here. Because let's not just talk about the antidepressants. Let's look at birth control. Another medication, right? Mm -hmm. Side effect of birth control. And hey, we as a couple, chose to use birth control early on in our marriage. 
one of those lovely side effects of birth control that is being prescribed all over the place? Loss of libido. And I, I saw an, another study that said that birth control use has gone up from like 75% to 85% in the last, I think, five to 10 years. So again, you have an increase in birth control use. You have an increase in these antidepressants being prescribed, used. used. And we are getting more. I will tell you in the last five years, I don't have the actual numbers on this, but I will tell you that the number of emails that come in about marriages that are sexless has definitely gone up. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I apologize for not having any hard and fast numbers. We don't keep stats on what you guys write in on as far as your problems, but you, we get a sense because we get all the messages of what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that increase. I don't think that's coincidence, folks. Now, I'm not telling anybody, and I want to be very clear here. Tony and I are not saying get off your medications, right? You're being treated for something. You deal with your doctor on that. But what I am saying is a lot of people don't know the side effects of their medications, and they can't understand why all of a sudden, you know, they're taking this medication, and there's just this lack of desire. There's this lack of interest. It might be what you're on. Right, and, you you know... And so what we're trying to do is give you some information so that way you can start thinking through and going, okay, what's happening? You know, what, what am I dealing, what am I using that could possibly be impacting my libido? Because that's what this is all about. Your libido has been snuffed out. You're feeling, you know, you know, you're feeling lonely. You feel isolated Maybe you feel rejected. You know, these are things that are happening and you are, you're, you're going, look at Tony and Lisa, I, I'm listening to the show. I'm trying to grab onto this information so that I can be sexually intimate with my spouse or I'm reading books or I'm gathering this information and yet I'm still at the same place I was a year ago. And what we're saying is because of these articles that we've been reading and finding their studies, it might possibly be some medication that you're using that's stopping your body to be working the way it should be working. So if that's an aha moment for you right now, it's an aha moment to get on the phone with your doctor mm-hmm. and start discussing some alternatives. So situation for Elisa and I. Birth control pills, right? We, and, and I say we because Elise and I, when you when you listen to this, we just celebrated 19 years of marriage. We've October been, 5th is our 19th wedding Octo- anniversary. We've been together 21 years. And so there are times when it is a we <laughs> deal, you know. We're way past the eyes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're at the point where I've known Elisa as long Half my half my age, half my life. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I met her when I was twenty one. I'm forty two now, so I met her half, you know, half my life. Wow, which is crazy. So, but in any case, you know, she was on birth control, got off of it after kiddos, or got off of it so we could have kiddos. Then she went to the the new. What is that thing? I I, I attempted the Nuva ring. Right, and that was absolutely horrendous on her hormones. I mean, you want to talk about... I thought I was dying, guys. I, I, I literally, I, I thought I was dying. Right. And so you, we were like, what just changed? And that was the only thing. I mean, it was such an impact on her within like a couple of days that it was like, 
get that thing out. We're not using that. And we will figure something else out. For some of you, you may have be you may have been on birth control and still on it. And you know, it, it's time to reconsider. I mean, are there other forms of protection that you can use to see if your body's gonna bounce back, right? And and get your libido back and going so you don't have a sexless marriage, so you don't have just the lulls, you know, questioning yourself, the undesirable feeling of just going, I, I could take it or leave it, you know? And, and that whole idea of I could take it or leave it, I can't tell you how many coaching calls and how many emails I've gotten where that's been uttered by one spouse or the other. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, just like I read that quote from Mother Teresa at the onset of the show where she said, um, let me pull it back up here. Loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. Well, when your spouse doesn't desire to have sex with you, or maybe you're the one that doesn't desire to have sex with your spouse, that's what's happening. It's leaving one or both of you feeling lonely, isolated, rejected, undesirable, unwanted. The list goes on. And I will tell you that from day one, of this show. It has been our goal and our desire to see each one of you have an extraordinary marriage. And part of that is having a vibrant sex life. I mean, you know, we're celebrating, like Tony said, you know, when this show goes live, we will have just celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary. And I will tell you that after 19 years of having sex with this guy, my sex life is better than it's ever been. Right. And there are not a lot of people that have been married as long as we have, because now we're moving into like the old married couples. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, we were at church today and we were doing our uh, welcome to church party. Elise and I serve there. And uh, there's this couple we met and they're going to get married in 39 days. And it was just so fun to just talk to them. And I'm like, dude, that is just so awesome. I'm like, you know, you just you just keep pressing in. You keep listening to our show as well. Yeah, they love the show. So kudos and to them. And I was telling him, I'm like, yeah, you know, Lisa and I are going to be celebrating 19 years. And, you know, he was just so elated to know that he, he's stepping into marriage and he already has the, you know, the aha that, you know what, marriage can keep on getting better. Mm -hmm. You know, it can just keep on getting better. So, you know, we've, we've talked about we specifically talked a lot about the medication aspect of lack of libido right. in this show. But as, as we come into kind of the home stretch of the show, I want to make sure that we address ways that no matter what you're struggling with in terms of the sexless marriage, that we're giving you resources to press through this valley. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't have to be stuck in the valley of a sexless marriage. You don't. Okay. This is not, this is not an end point for the two of you, right? It, the first part of this first part of the solution is you've got to identify where you are and what's brought you to this point. Right. And can I just bring something up about the Valley? This is something that, um, I've been reading in the Bible and just talking to some of my buddies and you know what, in the Valley, the river is still flowing, right? And, and I'm going to just bring it up to some of my hiking days and mountaineering days you know, when we were down low, low and we would be going up to the peak, usually our path would follow along a creek or a river. I mean, it tends to be sort of that that flatter area. And the thing is, is along that 
creek or along that river, there's growth. There's fruit there. And so don't think just because you're in a valley right now that it's dead. It's not. It's alive. It's are you willing to put your feet and stand by that river? You know, dig in, allow yourself that water that's going to that's going to fill you up. That's going to allow the fruit to come forth. Right? And as you continue to climb out of that valley onto the mountaintop, I'll tell you, when you're on the mountaintop, there's not much there. It's pretty barren. It's usually very dry. And I've been on a lot of them. So it's in the valley that we start to grow again. It's in the valley that we begin to reap what we sow. So if you're in there, don't think it's barren and dry and dead. No, it's full of life. So where do you go? You know, as you start to reflect this past week, you know, has it been too much rejection in your marriage? Has it been broken trust that hasn't been dealt with and forgiven? Has it been a lack of communication that has just allowed, you know, this disconnect to happen? Or maybe, you know, for some of you, and it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of an interesting group of four, but maybe for some of you, it's the medications you're on that have been treating something else that as you start to flip through, because I mean, really who reads all 276 possible side effects or listens to them all? Like we were talking with the kids about side effects and those commercials come on TV and you're like, seriously, I think that's worse than what you're treating me for. You know, you got to know where you're at, right? What is causing this cycle in your marriage? And you've got to, you've got to look at yourself first, right? Like don't look at your spouse and say, well, if you would just, cause that's going to go over like a lead balloon. The second thing that you guys have to do is you have to have a state of our marriage conversation. We outline this in detail in the he zigs, she zags, get your communication on the same path program. You've, you've got to sit down and have a talk, right? Right. Like you've shoved this under the rug for long enough. It's actually like a giant elephant sitting under your rug and you know, making that lovely elephant sound every once in a while. I'm not going to do it on the podcast because that might freak some of you out. But you, we, we got to start opening the conversation on this, right? And, and then you got to look, you know, we always hear about the whole chicken and the egg, which came first. Well, breaking the cycle, waiting for your spouse to break the cycle first, I'm telling you, if you both are waiting for the other one to break the cycle, guess what? You're going to be waiting a heck of a long time. Somebody's going to have to step up and say, you know what? I'm going to start courting you again. And it's not going to immediately start with jumping into bed and having sex. Because really, you've got to start with the romance. And you've got to start with the hand holding. And you've got to start with the hug that lasts more than like two seconds. And you've got to start with the kiss that lasts more than two seconds. Because guess what? You don't end up in bed naked and having sex when you haven't done that in forever. You got to take the step, folks. Go listen to episode 006, Power of Prayer. And it's my story of, of having to take that first step, wanting to know that my dad, before he passes, would say, I love you. But I had to be the one to take the first step. And you may be going, well, Tony, that's your dad. It's not your wife. Believe me, I learned a lot in that and mm-hmm. how I needed to pray for my dad and for myself so that we could get to a point where we could openly and honestly say, I love you. 
And yet it would never, I could not share this with you today had I not been the one to step out in faith, to step out and say, dad, I love you. And over the years, I've had to step out to try new things with Elisa. I've had to step out of my box, of my comfort zones and said, hey, Elisa, I would like to try this new position. Or, hey, Elisa, can we do this? Or, hey, Elisa, our communication sucks and we need a change. And as many of you may be going, ha, that's sort of funny. It's scary. It's scary when you're looking your wife down and going, I don't know if she's going to just like freak out on me if I say that. I don't know. And yet I had to be willing, and Elisa has as well over the years, to step out and say, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to be the one to make the change. And those of you who are listening, if you, and if you catch your spouse doing that, listen to them. Mm-hmm. Every time they bring up something is not cause for argument. It's not cause so for, you know, massive, you know, scream fest and, and discussions. They're doing it honestly in love. Why do you have to take everything that they say as a, as some sort of like, um, gosh, attack, attack on you? Possibly they're doing it in love. And yes, what happened yesterday, I get. But today's a new day. And today things can change if we're willing to look forward and we're willing to look at our spouse in a different way, in a different light and going, maybe they really do have my best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're trying to do something so different and so radical that it may actually change our marriage and our lives forever. And are you willing at that moment, at that time to just go, let's do it? Because I'm going to tell you, if you don't, you could just be living the same way you're, you're living. See? So eight years ago, Elisa said no to 60 days of sex. The, day, the next day, she had a vision that was like, yes, that it's time to do this. Because if I'm not willing to do this now, then my marriage is pretty much over. So think about it. If your spouse is coming up to you, it's not always an attack on you, on your marriage, on who you are. Maybe they're just trying to step out of the box, trying to get outside of their own comfort zone and willing to push past some of the, the scariness that's inside of them. And they're just waiting for you to just hold out your, your hands to them or, or hug them and just say, I trust you. I love you. I'm here with you. I do again. And I would say I do again over and over. So let's move forward right now. And just in closing, I just want to say, you know what? That quote, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. Sex is one of the ways that we use power in our marriage. And the truth is, is that when you say no to sex over and over again, when when the two of you choose not to connect in that way, it does create a tremendous amount of poverty in your marriage and you were not designed. Your marriage was not designed to be a place of poverty. It was designed to be a place of abundance and growth and, and tremendous blessings. That happens when the two of you come together. That happens when the two of you connect emotionally and physically and sexually. And you know, and this week, if you've been one of those couples that have been in the season of being sexless, 
I'm going to challenge you to have a conversation with your spouse about it. I'm going to challenge you to touch your spouse, not necessarily in a sexual way, but to be physical with them, to break out of this bondage that you have been in, this horrible cycle of saying no more than you say yes. Mm-hmm. Because the truth of the matter is, it's starving both of you. That poverty, that poverty impacts both of you. And it is, there's so much more waiting for your marriage. We want you to break the cycle this week. Yeah. So let's do it, you guys. Let's, let's, let's look at what might be decreasing the libido in you, in your spouse. Look at it openly, honestly, receive it, understand it. No, it's not going to just happen and change overnight. We know that. And yet, if we don't start, it may just continue on. So let's go after this, folks. The One Extraordinary Marriage is here to empower you and your marriage to have the extraordinary marriage you desire. We love you guys. We say that each and every week, and we truly, truly love you guys. Have a fantastic week, and we'll check out check you guys out next week.